I wanted to figure out what my life was going to be when I was 19 and 20. And I couldn't. And that pissed me off. And that, to a perfectionist, not knowing and not having the ability to know is torture. The millennial generation is as follows. Welcome to Surrounded by Idiot Radio Podcast. From beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona in the United States of America, this is the Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. I'm Tony. Good to have you back. If you're here for the first time, well, welcome in. Uh, if uh, today, you know, usually I talk about stuff that has to do with, you know, self-improvement, self-help, um, getting out of some stuff, figuring your shit out, transition things. This time I'm going to go a little bit more into, and this is very personal for me because I have dealt with this for my entire life and it's uh, perfectionism. It's being a perfectionist. Now, what I'd like to do is kind of explain what it is, really what perfectionist, being a perfectionist is, because there's a lot of stuff out there that uh, people say, because it's, a, it's it, I looked at the term and the popularity of the term, and you can go onto Google Trends and look at that. And if you look at the term perfectionist over the last 10 or 15 years, it is shot up like crazy in terms of people using it. There's a term called zeitgeist. And zeitgeist is like, like stuff that's happening in culture nowadays, like a hot thing or something that's, that's people gravitate towards. And, you know, a perfectionist in that term is sort of part of the zeitgeist of the current culture. And that's why I wanted to, I wanted to talk about it now that I, I know that I'm going to just be imperfect in my, my discussion on perfectionism, which is one of the things you have to uh, come to terms with before you do anything as a perfectionist. The good news is, is that there's a way to turn all of that energy, all of that focus, the wanting to do your best, the wanting to be perfect. There's a way to take that and to turn it into something extremely productive and to really not to, to hinder your success, but it can really help to launch you and again, be, to become more successful and to get, uh, get things done, which is, <laughs> which is another thing we're going to talk about procrastination. So, I was going to go through the definition of a perfectionist and there's a bunch of them out there, but it's super boring and long. And I think we all know what it is. It's when you want things to be perfect. It's it's when you strive for perfection. It's when you think that you have to do things perfect in order for them to uh, go out or uh, you have a really hard time if you're not totally grasping the concept to actually do something. And that's where it comes up with me and with a lot of people in terms of you just don't take action you don't because you don't think it's perfect and it that's a huge huge hindrance and I'll there's an example of this mathematician that I'm going to talk about that uh, was a brilliant mathematician uh, back a couple hundred years ago and if he would have published his works at the time he would have advanced mathematics 50 years so the mathematicians say, but he didn't because he didn't think it was perfect. Let, let's talk a, a little bit about the, you know, what it is. Um, you know, I, I didn't realize it for a long time, but bouts of self-doubt and crippling procrastination and never being satisfied with my accomplishments and emotional eating and depression and body dysmorphia and social anxiety and anger issues, all that stuff that I personally went through, and I and I know a lot of my my clients have gone through that have this the perfectionist thing. It all came from being a bad 
perfectionist. It, it's it, what they call it in psychology. They call it a maladaptive. And that's just that that's the bad parts about being a perfectionist. But he, here's the good part. It's confusing at the time, but it, that is a good thing. The good thing is, is that intermixed with all the bad stuff, I've also had high had times of high self-esteem and agreeableness and academic and social success and strong social interaction and a focus on personal integrity. And I can be pretty on point and inspiring in my quest for the truth, which in my case, my quest for the truth is and, and my contribution is, is doing is doing this, is helping you figure your stuff out, is to teach you some tools uh, to be able to uh, take your life to the next level. And so that's the confusing part is both of them are happening at the same time. And so how can you be, how can you be somebody that's, that's so caught up in being a perfectionist and yet ac- accomplish things? Well, it, it is possible. And it's because perfectionism is on a scale. It's a, you have good and you have bad and the bad will keep you harnessed. And the good is something that you can be used. Product- so there really is a scale of being a perfectionist. It's not all bad. Well, a lot of times nowadays it's used to describe people who uh, have the bad parts to it, but there's also some good parts. Now there's a couple things that I'd like to share that was an influence uh, that how perfectionism has influenced uh, my life in particular. I, I, I came up with a, I came up with a few examples. It, uh, I changed my college major five times and it took me five years to get out uh, of, uh, of undergrad. And that's because only because I did winter session and summer school for the last two years just to get out. Okay. Now, oh, I also changed my uh, college. I went to three different colleges, but three different universities. I went to like eight different colleges if you count the JCs uh, where I had to take a summer session to get into, you know, pre business or whatever that I started, you know, in my junior year. So it's just, it was, that's just because I wanted to have the perfect. I wanted to know what I know. I wanted to figure out what my life was going to be when I was 19 and 20 and I couldn't. And that pissed me off. And that to a perfectionist, not knowing and not having the ability to know is torture. The other thing is it took me 10 years to complete my PhD, 10 years. Now I was raising my daughter at the, at the same time, but that's not the whole excuse. I could have worked on it a lot longer. I got, I got totally, I procrastinated. I got bogged down because I wanted to do something uh, for my dissertation that was that was revolutionary and perfect, and I kept getting into it and getting bogged down. And it, it, fi- it finally took me ten years to do it. And then uh, I'm still. And then it, how about current example? Current example is I'm still working on my online program, trying to figure out exactly what I can do to best service the niche because there's a lot of stuff out there, and there's a lot of stuff out there that's been recirculated for years and years and years and and people say the same stuff and I can think of of five or six programs off the top of my head popular uh, motivational or of you know pseudo scientist ish people that are proposing different programs to get you going and motivate you and uh, I I look at those and I'm like why would anybody spend any money on that shit because you can literally first of all a lot of it's flawed and this, the second thing is, is that you can pretty much find all that information online for free. Why would you spend a grand in a program 
with somebody telling you to stop and think for five seconds before you do something. Or I mean, I it's just it, it. But again, I'm looking at it from my own perspective, and my perspective is I've been doing this for a long time, and I've gone through a lot of school and a lot of research, and I see things differently than most people do in terms of that. But that's but the, and then you go in and you think, well, I'm going to develop a program. But you don't want to do it, and this is where the perfectionist mindset comes in. You don't want to do it to where it's too complicated, but you don't want to uh, excuse the the excuse the quote. But you know you don't want you don't want to dumb it down. It's not dumbing it down, but you know what I'm saying. You don't want to make it too simplistic to where you're just in the sea where everybody else is, and you're not being effective. You're not providing something that's going to get people to say, aha, and to have that epiphany and to move forward and to challenge themselves. And a lot of it has to do with thinking you have to be perfect to be accepted. And it comes down to a really terrible ego pattern that gets that gets put into your mind subconsciously when you're very, very young. Most of the time it happens because of, of a parental thing. And it did it did it exist to where you got rejected or where you got abandoned? Most of the time, no. I mean, physically, no. I mean, actually, no. But the thing is, is that your mind is just this this bowl of jello when you first come to the earth, and it's not developed. And you take things very black and white. And when you do, you, uh, as a young kid, and it's a survival technique, and we have from our little amygdala back there. And if we decide that we're being abandoned or rejected as a very young person, we start to develop defense mechanisms. We start to develop walls around us to keep us from being hurt or keep us from feeling like we have been uh, uh, killed you know, from the ego standpoint. We've been killed. Our persona has been killed. Our worth is is we don't have any worth to the most important people in the world. So I guess we don't have any worth to anybody else. And that's what happens. That's why we get so jacked up. And that, and a lot of people have that. Is it because they had terrible parents? No. It's just because when you were young, really young, and you know the first two years of your life where 80% of the stuff, neural pathways get developed in your brain, you're just not... It, you're not constructed to process complicated things, and this is what happens. So, uh, the, you know, the, that's the bad part. But And then the good part is you can use it. People use perfectionism to, and parts of it to uh, motivate, inner, for inner motivation, to inner motivate themselves to strive to do more and to strive to push themselves. And and this is all and there's so many examples of this going back to the the great thinkers and uh, going to Steve Jobs and anybody that's really done some terrific, magnificent things are 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 perfectionists, but they've turned that energy into something that they can use to keep them motivated and keep them going. Another way the psychology community looks at it is like they look at it like uh, perfectionist strivings versus concerns. The strivings being the good and the concerns being the bad. And can you see the difference between the two? When you use perfectionism to, to, to create momentum, that's the striving. So you strive for perfection, which means you're just using it as that, that motivational push to keep trying things. And when you use it to strive, you're not worried about the bumps and you're not necessarily – worried about the failures i should say the failures don't stop you in your tracks and get you to quit what they do is they you continue to strive through those hurdles and through those failures and use those to create that thing uh, as that you're looking for you're striving towards whereas concerns if you can see that concerns are are the mental uh, thoughts 
are the irregular or the disruptive thoughts that you have in your mind about having to be perfect and that keeps you from striving. I thought it would be interesting to just go through the nine signs that you might be a, a perfectionist. This And this is from just from psychology today. There's a bunch of examples, but I just wanted to throw these out to you. And out of the nine, I want to I want to bring up just a few of them that I feel as though are very prominent and more than likely you probably have. Uh, one of them is you think and act in extremes. And maybe I pick these because this, these are what I deal with all the time. The extreme is ah, I had one cookie and uh, diets out the window or the eating plans out the window. I might as well just finish a whole box off. And that pertains very much so to the Girl Scout cookie season. Just saying. And, uh, but I did resist in buying a box uh, yesterday, just for the record. Uh, another thing is you can't trust others to do a task correctly, and so you rarely delegate a task. Others may see you as micromanaging or control freak, but you see your actions as just wanting to get the job done right. Right? Another thing is you have demanding standards for yourself and others, and you believe in always giving your best, and you expect you expect others to do the same. Uh, that is huge. Uh, unrealistic expectations drive me nuts. And I do that when I'm driving the car all the time. Cause I've been driving. I mean, my first job was a delivery driver in LA when I was just got my license at 16. I mean, I, I drive back and forth to Vegas uh, to twice a week from here. And that's a four or five hour, four and a half hour drive. I mean, I drive, I've driven more than anybody I, I know. And so it's just one of those things where it's, you know, if you, so more than anybody that you know, you, you're very good in, in sewing and then you see somebody else doing something. You're like, why are you doing that? And that's what I do when I drive all the time. I have unrealistic expectations of people because people really, in general, they're not very good drivers. They're in terms of skill. They have just the basic skills of driving. And most of the time it's because when they get behind the wheel, they're uh, still not focused on the road as much as they should be, or they're too focused on it and they're too afraid. And so they do dumb stuff. And I have to realize that. Uh, also, you have trouble com- uh, you have trouble completing a project because you think there's always something more you can do to make it better. Hence my situation with college, my situation with my dissertation, and my situation with my online program. You obsess about sharing your book, your project, or whatever your article with others. You want to make sure your work is the best it can be before revealing it. And the one thing I have learned and and obviously haven't taken to heart 100% in, in any author, popular author that I've ever read them chatting about writing their book or being an author or uh, somebody that does uh, huge amounts of innovation or projects like Steve Jobs or somebody, uh, you know, they always say it, and in, in even writing a song, writing a song, and if you talk to songwriters, uh, which I, I had the ability to do when I used to work at the radio station, and uh, they always say that the song's never done. Uh, they listen to it afterwards, and I'm like, oh, I should have done this, I should have done this, I should have done this, but it's out there. And that's, God, for perfectionists, that's really tough to deal with. I got to tell you, I, I, you know, I put my book out a year ago or so. And I read it now, I'm like, ah, shit, I should have done this different. So, and you know, the good chances or the good point is, is I can probably go back and change that. The, another thing is you have certain rules you believe that you and others should follow. And that's the, uh, again, it comes down to the car thing with me in terms of use your turn signal, uh, you know, let, let somebody out when you're supposed to let them out. Uh, don't throw shit out the window and you know, that type of thing. 
And I think everybody else should follow them. And why aren't they following these basic rules? They're common sense stuff. Why aren't you following these rules? Can you tell I got a little, little fired up? You procrastinate or you avoid situations where you think you might not excel. Procrastination is one of the top symptoms of being a perfectionist. And it's it's so counter too, right? Because you're procrastinating, you don't want to do it, but you're perfectionist because you think but if if you don't think you can do it right or you don't know how to do it, you don't want to go through the process of learning how to do it because in that process you're gonna fall down and you know have to get up again and then you're not perfect. And lastly, you keep moving the carrot on yourself. And I use this all the time because I do it to myself, and I use this all the time with my clients. You move, you you know that carrot and stick thing that they use with they used to use with horses, and they used to put a carrot on a string, and they have a big stick, and they put it out in front of the horses or the donkeys' noses, out right out in front of their heads, and so they would always they would walk, that would get them to go and to walk. But if the animal ever grabbed the carrot, then they would stop, and so you always have to keep the carrot out in front so they keep moving. Uh, but if you keep moving the carrot on yourself, a lot of things happen. One of the major things that happens is you're never satisfied with your accomplishments. You never give your accomplishments the credit that they deserve. Uh, that happens a lot. In fact, I remember my uh, graduating from undergrad, graduating from my master's, uh, uh, getting finally getting my PhD, finishing my book. Even up to that point, the first instinct that comes to me, the first impulse that comes in is, okay, now what? I don't, I don't give myself a chance to recognize all the hard work and the accomplishment that I, that I made because there's always something else. And that moving the carrot thing is a perfectionist tech, the, the perfectionist symptom that is terrible because you never, you know, you never are able to relish in it. You're never able to get that some level of satisfaction. You just keep moving it. So all that being said, I am going to share with you how to shift more into the good perfectionist mode from the bad and to how to take all that energy and to put it into a positive spin and to use it as inner inspiration, inner motivation in order to get you to accomplish things and to get you to make some changes in your life to, that you want to do. So the first thing is uh, just there's two types of therapy that are that have been traditionally extremely helpful the cognitive behavioral therapy and acceptance-based behavioral therapy and with the abbt or with the acceptance-based behavioral therapy there's really three parts to it the first part's awareness and it's a part of mindfulness but it's awareness of your thought patterns it's awareness of you know what you're creating in your reality it's it in terms of you know, if you're sitting there writing a uh, paper, it's awareness of you starting to think, oh, this is not that great or starting to think, oh, I got to start all over. That's the awareness part in terms of you uh, pattern interrupting and, and realizing you're starting to go down that black hole of the perfectionist thing. The second thing is acceptance. This is really important because a lot of people don't realize this and a lot of people fight it. Anxiety is another example of this. People fight the anxiety that comes in and makes it worse, right? Because if you say, don't don't be anxious, don't be anxious, don't be nervous, don't be nervous, what does that do? It makes you even more nervous because now you're pissed that you're nervous. So the, the second part of it is acceptance. And again, acceptance is a part of a mindfulness thing. And it's accepting or letting go of you trying to control this emotion that is kind of coming over you. So if you're writing that paper and if you're saying, oh, this thing sucks, I got to throw it away. 
you realize that you're saying, oh, this this thing is terrible and, and I should throw it away. But then you accept the fact, yeah, okay, I want I think this is terrible and I want to and I want to toss it. I think this is just terrible work. This may may sound lame, but it's a really important part of all of this. You've got to let go and accept where your mind has taken you at that point. So the third part is you have got to have a toolbox of values to say, okay, does this thinking right now in terms of me thinking this sucks and this, does this align with my own personal values that I have? And the, and you know, what, and what is meaningful in my life? Well, I would assume you doing a paper, what's meaningful in your life is either you uh, getting an education and learning and uh, doing well in your class or uh, doing a paper for an, an article, it would be to for you to provide information and provide some knowledge to other people to learn and also to forward your own career as a specialist or an expert and uh, something like that. Those are values. Your values are you know giving or friendship or something of that nature. That's the reason why you're doing the paper in the first place. And if you have to do it for a class, then that's the reason that you're doing it and is to get at, is to is to educate yourself in order for you to get out and do good for yourself, do good for your family and do good for other people. As I leave you, I do want to give you a little bit of a call to action. What I'd like you to do is I'd like you to think of something that you wanted to do but haven't done anything about it yet. Like me with my program. Well, I shouldn't say that haven't done anything, but you but you want to do but you haven't done anything or you're not doing enough about it. So something that you really want to do to move your life forward, ask yourself, first of all, I'd like to you to ask yourself why and see if you have an answer. You may not. And this is a journaling thing. Just, I mean, I'm not saying write a novel. I'm just saying jot some stuff down. One piece, one piece of paper, get a pen out, you know, grab a note, grab a 50 cent notebook from Target and start writing stuff down. Uh, so ask yourself why, why haven't you? Uh, taking further steps on that and, and you know and your answer could be because i'm a perfectionist and i want to know more or i need to do more research and that's fine all right because the second part is be okay with it it's acceptance part then write down one very achievable small thing you can take action on that's it one very small achievable action a lot of the perfectionist thinking we think and we try to eat the elephant all at once and if we and then we go up to the elephant, we're like, we can't do this. And then we just back away and do and go, you know, do the laundry or vacuum the floors instead of working on our stuff. <laughs> so that's what I'd like you to do. Think of something you've always think of something that you've wanted to do and you just haven't gotten to the point where you're involved in it as much as you want it to be, uh, or you're stalling on it or procrastinating on it. Ask yourself why. And try to be really honest with that. You can say, I don't know if you don't know. It could be a subconscious thing. And that's okay. Be okay with it. Be okay with the fact that you aren't, aren't haven't gone further along with it than you have. And then write down one very small achievable goal that you can achieve in like, you know, a day to three days, give or take. One very, very small achievable goal that you can do to kind of start your way on this thing. Because the one one of the best ways to combat perfectionism is action, is to do something. Uh, and instead of getting in our head that uh, that the whole big elephant cannot be eaten, well, we just have to take it one at a you know one little bite at a time. I, I have to use a different uh, analogy than eating an elephant because that sounds gross, and you know, 
especially nowadays, right? So I hope everything is great. Uh, please let me know if you have any questions or concerns on this. Uh, you can uh, watch the YouTube video if you are up for it. You can also listen to this on a number of different places, SoundCloud, uh, you know, Apple, and um, Stitcher, and more is on the way. I uh, hope everybody's good, and I will uh, talk to you soon. Bye.